0: Popular Pig is also made possible by the National Pork Board, Farm Credit Services of America, Johnsonville Foods, Hypoor Genetics, Minitube, Brenneman Pork, PIC North America, Swine Robotics, Innovative Heating, and Pigequipment.com. Brought to you by American Resources
1: welcome to the popular pig podcast i'm matthew rota your host and joining us today is gracie Porman. how are you doing today gracie
2: i'm doing good how are you
1: i'm doing great excited to talk to you today a couple of years ago we met at ohio pork and we were just kind of shooting the breeze i can't remember who i was with it might have been Steve Stitzline. i'm not it was steve and was we were just steve. talking about what does it mean what does it mean or what is it going to take to inspire individuals to come to animal agriculture. And he was right there and he said, well, you need to talk to Gracie. <laughs> and we started talking and you had quite the story. So I'm excited to have you on the podcast today. I'd love it if you could start by introducing yourself and what you do today, and then we'll, we'll go backwards a bit.
2: So my name is Gracie Porman. I live in Somerset, Ohio, which is Perry County. For those that are familiar with Ohio, I have three boys. So I'm a mom to three boys, 13, nine, and two. So they keep me very busy. I am a realtor with Hill Real Estate, which is a local brokerage, and I'm an auctioneer currently.
1: So what got you involved in animal agriculture? And if you step even further back, what was what was your childhood like? Oh, where did you grow up? Um, where did agriculture even come into the picture?
2: So the funny thing is, is when I got involved in ag, a lot of people would ask me what my last name was. Everywhere I would go the first time they met me, they'd be like, you know, what's your last name? And I'd say, you don't know my last name. And they'd be like, no, 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 I'm sure I know. And it was always the (laughs) farmers. And I'm like, no, you don't know, because I actually, at a young age, lived off of Livingston Avenue, which is in Columbus. So there are no farm animals around whatsoever, Um, not even close to, to anything. So I did not grow up in agriculture or around livestock or around pigs. And I actually grew up with two parents that suffered from addiction. So not that that can't happen in an ag world, but it was the environment that I was in. So completely, utterly different. I would say the main thing that led me down the path with, like I said, no 4-H, no animals was work.
1: So expand on work. So I, yeah.
2: yeah. I just have to keep the questions coming from you, you know? So I, at a young age, I started working. So very young, I was in a small town, relocated from Columbus, moved to Fairfield County, a small town, Millersport, It's the home of the Sweet Corn Festival. So the next time we are in Ohio around, you know, August September you should go there and eat some sweet corn but I relocated there my uh, grandpa actually owned a boat business so that's how we ended up there it's close to Buckeye Lake and when I moved there with my dad unfortunately life happens like I said both parents had addiction which there's more into that and I will explain anything that you ask for that but when things started happening, the small town I was in knew. So they would let me babysit for money because they knew I needed help or clean their houses. And I was more mature at my age, at a young age. So I was able to do those things. Very young age, I actually started working at a pizza joint at 12. So I always had to work. So when I was young, I was in survival mode. And that eventually, which I know you'll have more questions, led to work, which led to the connections with pigs and Mr. Steve
1: Line. So was work a, you said survival, but was it also kind of an escape for you?
2: Yeah, so I do think that. I do, I go around and I speak to a lot of different schools and they ask me, you know, did I do therapy at a young age or what led me, what took me down a different path? And I'm gonna say my response was work. As long as I was staying busy and keeping my mind busy and working and there was no time to think about anything other than how I was gonna be able to, you know, support myself or provide for myself.
1: There's a purpose in work that maybe filled a bucket.
2: There is a purpose. And and I think too, as we go into this conversation, I was just actually talking to somebody about this the other day is, it is crazy to think that one opportunity that you take in life can lead you to a life that you never, Imagined or never ever would have even been exposed to.
1: So, what was that opportunity for you? Pig farming. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was hoping that was the answer, I thought it was the answer. <laughs>
2: So, yes, I actually, there's a big story that goes along with it, but I ended up um, actually spending some time with a couple farmers, the Kellers, amazing people. They had a finishing barn, and they had chickens and cows, and I actually started helping them with their chickens and collecting their eggs, and the farmer sometimes needed help with his calves, so I would go out and help. But I actually never helped in the pig barn there. Um, Somebody else actually came in and took care of those pigs, so i never even had been in the barn nor i could smell the pigs from the outside but i'd never been inside the barn and one day i was going to college for vet tech i had my youngest son and he said to me do you want to play with baby pigs i might be able to call a guy and i thought who wouldn't want to play with baby pigs so i'm like absolutely so that's how it all led to the pigs
1: so vet tech Yes. It was like work, boom, vet tech. How how did you decide to go to vet tech?
2: I always had a love for animals. So that's one thing. Uh, Not not ag because I wasn't around that, but just always had a love for animals. And I just decided that that's what I wanted to go to college for. So in high school, I actually did post-secondary to where you can go in and take college classes that you can leave school early. And the only reason I did that was because my guidance counselor knew of my home situation and I had to work. So I was working throughout high school at a pizza joint pretty much two to midnight. And I, cause I had my own apartment at the age of 15. So there's oh, wow. a lot more to my story, but work was really where I needed to be at. So she guided me to do post-secondary. So when I started that, it wasn't necessarily for the college classes it was so that i could get out of school early to be able to work and then i did my college courses on the weekend so i went to columbus state community college at the time which had a major as a vet tech so all i knew at that point was wouldn't you know i'd be around animals that's really all i knew of that side of the industry um and then i had my oldest and i decided at that point that I needed to go full-time. So I kind of switched gears a little bit and applied for another college for vet tech. But when I decided that, that was pre-pigs.
1: Okay, so now you get two pigs. What was that first experience?
2: Oh, well, it's kind of ironic. I've told this story before. So the farmer called a Mr. Sitz line, and I had never met Steve. I talked to him on the phone, and it was just... The guy was awesome, upbeat. He's like, yeah, you know, head over to the sow farm. No idea what that even meant. I acted, you know, one thing in life is sometimes you just have to fake it till you make it. So that's exactly what I did. I, I thought, okay, I'll go there. And he said there would be a woman there to talk to. So I drove over there one day, never been to a sow farm and pulled up, could smell the smell, walked in the first door and all there was was, you know, a little window that you could see through. And there were people in the office. There was about 7 to 8 people I would say. And they all just stared at me. And I said, "Hi, I'm here to fill out an application." <laughs> and this man walked over, not a woman, and he said, "Okay, well who sent you here?" And I told him who sent me there and he said, "Well, here's the application." So I'm, you know, trying to be trying to make a good first impression, be nice and I filled the application out and put it back through the window, not understanding why we were putting stuff through a window. I mean, just completely like <laughs> blindsided to what I was doing. I had no idea. And he just said, okay, thanks. And that was the end of it. There was no, there was no like, okay, I'll look this over and, you know, give you a call. There was no, I mean, it was very, nobody said a word to me everybody just stared at me and ate their lunch it was it was a very awkward experience something that i do remember very vividly i think because it was so awkward but i left that day and i actually (laughs) didn't hear back i didn't hear anything i actually got another job at a local tractor supply and one day my phone rang and it was a woman and she the situation was she was there that day but it wasn't known that she was going to be taking over the management position. So she knew I was coming, but at that time things hadn't taken place to where she could get up and talk to me and tell me she was coming. And
1: interesting, it,
2: it is interesting. And the better part of that is she told me that and, and I've grown to have a very close relationship still to this day with her, but he, the manager actually said, Oh, she doesn't need a job in front of everybody she, he said she lives off mommy and daddy's money so I, wow. my address at the time was south bank which in that area south bank is along the lake but i didn't live on the lake i lived in a little house that i rented a little teeny tiny house that was like on the opposite side of the road and then i drove this grand jeep cherokee that was falling apart i don't i don't know where he got this comment but his next comment was she drives a grand jeep cherokee like he he had, he said that I'm, he had no intentions on ever calling me. His impression of me was that I had mommy and daddy's money and that I did not need a job.
1: So and you were too privileged to be able to work hard enough to be able to work. I at a
2: pig was barn. too privileged to be able to work at a pig barn. Yes.
1: Uh-huh.
2: So she said, and I found that out a little bit later. She pretty much called me and said, You know, would you like to come in? I'd love to meet you. I'd love to show you the barn, see if this is something that you're interested in. I'm like, sure. So once again, not having an idea, I get there and she's like, we're going to shower in. I'm like, okay. You know, I mean, when you're not, when you've never heard of such a thing, you're just going with the flow. So I showered in and I will never forget the smell of the first time of smelling when you walk into a (laughs) salad farm. It, it's just like you know you get used to it, and then you think everybody knows the smell. But it was like you know she was talking to me, and I'm trying to have a conversation back, but at the same time I'm trying to breathe because I can't breathe. And it's it's more the than anything, but it was just the it was just the experience. And she was great. She showed me around. I had never really seen pigs. I mean, you go to a fair, but even. Something that, because my kids are in 4-H now, so it's really neat to be on the outside of this because even when people come to fairs and they they don't even understand why those animals are there. I mean, they don't get it. Like, they think the fair just has pins that you get to walk around and see animals. I mean, they don't need, like, I didn't understand any of that pre where I'm at now in life. So I had never been around pigs. So it was my first time and she showed me through and I was fascinated i'm like yes absolutely i would love to come and start
1: what was it that fascinated you what what caught your attention the most
2: i think to me it was just of a whole world that i didn't even know existed like i i mean no clue and and everyone gets upset you know where i they make comments like your food doesn't come from your grocery store and think of farmer and But people don't, it's not that they're, they're just uneducated. I mean, they have no clue. It's a whole.
1: It's so much bigger and so much different than probably you can imagine. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yes. So I got hired and then it got even better. Um, The first day I remember I was there and we were coming in for lunch and nobody talked to me. I mean, you had, you had to be there and you had to be showered in by five, you know, so you're there, you're showered in. There's, you know, like I said, around eight people, we come in for lunch and I'm sitting in a seat and lady walks in and all she says is, you're in my seat.
1: I mean, there was no, like, <laughs> oh yeah. Cause everyone has a seat in these farms. Like it, they have yeah. their spots.
2: And like, there was no like, oh, hey, how's it going today? By the way, I usually sit there. It was just like, she stared at me and she said, you're in my seat. I'm like, I'm sorry. You know, and I go, and there was another challenge I had um not the main manager but another manager was not happy that i got hired and ironically it was a situation that they didn't like other females and my main manager said you know i apologize like let me know if you need me but she was my this other lady was my go-to the one that didn't like other females so i would talk to her and she would stare at me and I'm not exaggerating. I'm not, I mean, like there would be no communication. And I, one thing that none of these people knew about me was that I, if you don't think I can, I will. And that's due to my own upbringing of what I went through that none of these people knew I went through, but I thought these people don't think I can. If I was anybody else, I probably would have said, screw this, this ain't worth it. I'm out of here. That's the problem. yeah it, it is a problem. And I've actually talked to farms like I've actually went and spoke at different farm banquets and meetings that they've had and explained like how to train other people on the farm to accept people because I understand now. I mean, it's it's hard work. like you don't think anybody else can handle it because especially on the South farm, I mean, you're in there first thing in the morning and you go nonstop all day long and you don't leave until the work is done. I mean, the animals depend on you. Like, so I understand where people start and people think, oh, they can't handle it. Or they, I mean, it takes a special kind of person, but th- that is one thing I learned from my experiences is to get more people involved in ag, you have to be willing to accept people that don't come from ag. And, and it, it got bad before it got better. I mean, one, nobody was really talking to me and they were loading the truck up with wean pigs one day and everybody standing around. There's one guy that's doing all this work and everyone else is stand there, you know, like in the doorways. I'm like, I can help them. So he had a shaker where there's like a shaker sitting on this window seal. So I grabbed <laughs> the shaker and I started shaking it and all the pigs turned around oh, no. towards him. And it made the experience 20 times worse. I mean, if I wasn't like then, I was really like, <laughs> they were like, what, is, where did this girl come from? Like, cause I had no clue about, about any of it. And I, I think, I mean, Fast forward, just so that this doesn't get you know depressing. Gets farmers having had a great relationship with all of them. I mean, top notch relationship. But I had to prove but it's, it was a
1: journey. You had to earn it was a journey. Res- I had just to earn earn the right to have a say. You had to earn basic respect.
2: Yes, yes, and like there was you know, and people in the pig industry. Not to give too much detail. So if this is outside listeners, but like there's certain things you do to build up immunity for you know whether it's scours or diseases or anything within your herd to keep your herd healthy so there was different protocols that were taken that were to like feedback you know to you know the sows and i used to think like and it would be that that young girl manager that would tell me this and i'm like in my head i'm like she's lying to me like she wants me to do this and this isn't something that really gets done (laughs) and then i'd have to go to my (laughs) other manager and i'm like okay this is something that gets done so i mean it was a whole learning curve And that's, that's one thing like, you know, to, to get new employees and to retain employees, like that's the number one thing that I sometimes tell farmers that's been doing it their whole life is you have to get through those growing pains, but you, you have to, if I was anybody else, I would have said, you know, nope, this isn't for me, but I'm like, these people don't think I can, then I will. And then it got, I mean, it got better. (laughs) Yeah. Obviously better.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And we'll kind of get to what better looked like. Uh, but I can relate, uh, not, not in a, I, I can relate to how I've seen teams and farms, and I think they might be so used to people coming in and not being successful and quitting that they're like, why would I even try to get to know this person? They're just going to waste my time. If I, um, It's just not worth it. I, I, if they're here in six months, maybe I'll make an effort. And it, it makes it a very cold environment. And even sometimes you go into a really good team and they're all talking, having a good time. And you're just kind of sitting there listening, <laughs> not feeling very included and yeah. uh, nicest people, but like it's already not the most ideal conditions, right? It stinks, it's stinky, yeah. it's smelly. You got to shower in and then you walk in and you don't feel like you're a part of a team. Right. It, it can make it very easy to quit. And uh, yeah, there's probably a lot of places out there who do a great job, but, you're you're telling, you're saying it. If you weren't strong-willed, you would have quit. Right. So what did better look like? Uh, what, what did, how did you grow in, in pig production?
2: So I loved it. So I think, I think what really made me love the industry was, like I said, at the beginning, I was fascinated. Then, then it clicked, you know, learning of this is, this is part of the food system like this is where your food comes from and then literally working with individuals that worked so hard because they cared you know like everybody in that barn cared about the animals so you know the reality of the world is is people are going to eat meat and you have to put operations in place to be able to create the numbers of that and to learn how much effort and time goes into something to create you know at the end of the day it's to create where your food comes from but all these people generally cared about these animals so i got into it for the love of the animals i mean i i that's what that's what fascinated like there was a whole there was this whole world and i was at the sow farm I was at the south farm full time and then i did that during college so when i ended up switching um to another college that offered vet tech so i would work you know nights and the weekends at the south farm and i would work I, i would do the schooling through the week so when i graduated vet tech so that was at the south farm and i was mainly on the farrowing side there when i graduated there i got offered a position at a local vet clinic where I did my internship. So I was like, well, I just went to college and spent all this money. You know, they wanted me to stay at the South farm, but I, I was I didn't really want to give that up. So what ended up happening was they had an ISO barn where all the guilts went for the South farm. So they offered me like, hey, could you run this the ISO barn making sure that all the you know all the gilts get their vaccines that they need before they come in and then give us the final numbers before they come in. So at that point, you know, I I was at the vet clinic and i was doing the iso barn and that was eye-opening because and it sounds stupid to me to a lot but i guess i knew when those wean pigs left that they went to barns and they were fed and that's where your food but like i you you just don't know where they go i mean like i didn't realize the barns or what the barns look like like i had never been in that finishing barn at the you know farm so i pictured the outside of the barn but the whole different world too that i didn't even think about like We did all the work at the south farm i mean after that i guess it was easy peasy in my head but we um so i started doing the iso barn and so that was you know that was a learning curve the the man that um did that barn at the time i would pull in and he was a farmer that you know he the conversations i would have with him were just so much fun and then i'd go vaccinate the the sal or the gilts and then i would work at the vet clinic and a couple times I got some job offers to go back to the sow farm, but I just wasn't sure. And then I got a call one day, and they, you know, at the time the genetic company was like coming through and selecting gilts, you know, and other people, you know, which would purchase the gilts, and they had an opportunity to do that internally, and they wanted to know if I was interested to be on the wean to finish side. And of course I'm like, sure, but I really didn't even know what that meant either. <laughs> I'm like, yep, that sounds good. it's something, something different. So I, that time I left the vet clinic and stopped the ISO barn and started the wean to finish side. So when I took that on, it was to do the guilt selection and I had some barrel barns. So I was overseeing about 50,000 spaces um, by the end of my time.
1: How old were you when you had made that change?
2: 21, 22.
1: Okay. So Somewhere younger around. than most people when they're graduating college, and you had already gone through the sow farm, the vet tech, the ISO, and now you're running grow finish up to 50,000 pig spaces.
2: Yeah. Maybe yeah. 23. You know, I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm trying yeah, to think right now. but Yeah. Right, now, but it's,
1: it's, yeah, right could, around yeah. there.
2: Yeah. Because I went to college right out, worked right out. And then, yeah, I was. Yeah, I might have to think about that and then you can edit it or add it to the end of your podcast. But <laughs> yeah, so I I got to the ween to finish. I was probably, I would say four years into working with pigs by the time. So I was probably 23 by the time um I made it to that to that spot. But looking back, it's just crazy in life, like, and I know it sounds cliche, but literally how everything happens for a reason because I went to the wean to finish side. I didn't know anybody on the wean to finish side. It's a whole new world. There's all these people. And I'm, I went with, um, a vet and another, and another woman that worked on the wean to finish side to train the first day. And it was kind of like the same scenario. We went and we did blood testing and we collected all these samples and we had to snare and I had never snared. You don't do that. I mean, every now and again to bleed sows in the sow farm, but not, not in everyday life. So I, she the the woman that was with me had me snare the pigs all day long we did five barns i think and, and i mean i don't know how many samples in each barn. i can't remember that but we we went to that many barns and i she kept saying well you you can do it you can do it. and i thought man and i wasn't strong so like the pin <laughs> had to hold me up and the that next day i had a bruise directly across from my legs. And I thought she was trying to see if I could hit and and the irony was she actually was expecting, but she hadn't told anybody yet. So she was glad I was there so that I could snare all the pigs because she was expecting a baby. So it all made oh. sense later on. i like, that's why you <laughs> had me snare all the pigs. But I thought, man, it's a doggy world in the pig industry, but no, they were great. But it, Every day. I remember that first day, every single farmer that we met wanted to know who I was. And it was so crazy the response of, you know, who are you? What's your name? Those are where those questions came. Oh, you don't know my name. And there was no respect until I would say why, they would be like, oh, she was at the South farm for the last, however, you know, three to four years. And they'd be like, oh, okay. Like, it's just, it it was interesting to see, they, you know, their idea of me kind of change, but all that stuff that happened at the South farm prepared me For my relationships i was going to have later on because at that point i knew i have to earn these people's respect like they need to get to know me they need to know that i'm here to work and put the effort in and to work with them and that's i mean that's really what transpired i absolutely loved the the wean to finish side and a lot of that had to do with meeting all the farmers that put that hard work in i mean day in and day out and growing a relationship with them but i had to earn that respect with with all of them, you know, if I was this new person showing up, I was young, I was a female, I didn't have a farm last name, and I was managing their barn. So I was then telling them what I think that they should be doing. And they're like, Whoa, I've been doing this for 20 years. Where the heck did you come from? And, and, you know, it's, it's one of those things, but I started to work with them and the relationships I got. So that all transpired as through my I would say, work experience in the commercial side of pigs.
1: So how do we get more individuals interested in animal agriculture? And how can the industry change the way it thinks to help make a career in animal agriculture more appealing?
2: I think opportunities, putting them out there, to people is what's going to get more people in so for example i go speak at schools and i go to the schools and i speak to them about my hard upbringing because there's obviously a lot more to that than i talked about Mm -hmm. and where i started at what i lived in because when you live in those situations you don't realize there's life outside of that you think everybody lives life the way you're living and so when i when i went to these when i like a few weeks ago this school it all ends with pigs. Like if I didn't get involved in ag, I don't know where I would be today. Do I think I will, would be a drug addict? No, but I would not be the person I am today. Like the, the people in agriculture are such, I know we hit on like some of the negative effects of them, but they're the most genuine good-hearted people that I've ever got to know. And, and my what I consider my family, I mean, some of the people that I've met along the way through my pig journey, I still talk to on a weekly basis. I mean, they
1: family away from your family,
2: right? And, and so like, I, when I go talk to these kids, I tell them like, this is where I came from, but this is where I'm at today. And then I made a career out of it. And, and you can do anything that you put your head to and you might smell like a pig. And usually, you know, they laugh at that point. It's like, you, you don't have to smell like a pig, but if that's what you do, you can, you can do it. I'm proof of it. And it's amazing how many of those kids Ask me when when I open it up to questions how I got involved working with pigs. Like it's how amazing you to me how you start. They you don't you don't know it exists. Like those there's so many people out there that have a hard a hard work ethic that would love that type of work if they knew where to go or what to do. And it's it's even different than show pigs. So it's a whole different
0: you know Very. on that side
2: of the industry. Like. It's a complete opposite world. So even your 4-H kids don't even know sometimes about those those barns and how you can work there and what you know. So it's it's actually led me down a path of when I worked at I worked at the commercial farm and I actually went and managed the barn for OSU. And then when I left there, I started my own business and it was consulting and contract work along with power washing for pig farms and it was because farmers don't have any help. So I know there was a need for it. I'm like, if they want to go on a vacation or they want to go on a trip or they need help yeah. training their new employee, like they can call me. And I knew the industry at that point. So I think one thing- You're Like the babysitter, for anybody, but
1: for their operations.
2: Absolutely. I'll <laughs> come absolutely. In for the
1: weekend. You can go on your vacation.
2: <laughs> right. And, and I think like if, I think if farmers did a better job and the industry did a better job, reaching outside of the farming community to bring in more people of like, Hey, you want to come play with baby pigs? I mean, that worked for me. Like, however it is to get more people engaged. And I know it's not for everybody. And you know, you either have the work ethic for ag or you don't. I mean, it's true. It is what it is, but there are there's people out there that would love the opportunity.
1: And And I feel like you can get it so young, right? Like, that's what I was trying to get across is you don't need a college degree to figure out how to work with pigs and and how to be a good caretaker. If you have the passion for it and the work ethic, I mean, there might be some kids that are coming out of a really tough situation in high school that don't have the ability to go to college and and feel stuck. and, And maybe agriculture is a path.
2: Right. And I even explained that. So when... Like I went to college, but I've explained that like, I could have done what I've done. It's all about the experience that you get. But the one thing that I do, I do voice out to these kids or anyone is, and once I got a name, two people would reach out to me and be like, Hey, like, how do I get involved? Or is there a job opportunity or, you know, things like that. But you, you have to be willing to start any opportunity and take the opportunity. And then you can advance it from there, you know, I mean, and that's one thing that I think is really important. Like, you're not going to, you're not going to start out the gate running, you know, 50,000 pigs and being able to select gilts and do this and do that. Like you got to start somewhere to get that experience, to work your way up to be able to do that.
1: Yeah. When I was young, it was third or fourth grade. I'd ride the four wheeler over to contract uh, contract finishers. And then I was the, the vaccinator. So I separated them out and vaccinated them and, uh, they paid us well and we got lots of Mountain Dew, but it was just kind <laughs> yeah. of a good way to make money and yeah, you got to be with pigs. So when you think about that background that you came from, how does agriculture connect with that? So I don't feel like a lot of people in agriculture grew up facing at least a lot of people with decision-making right now in agriculture, I don't feel like grew up in a similar situation. How How do they... How does somebody who doesn't know something about that tap into that to try to offer that support and opportunity?
2: So from you, so you're saying like, as a farmer, how do you reach yeah, out?
1: And I'm a farmer whole- and maybe I even inherited 300 acres, a couple finishers. Like I didn't grow up with, with a, with a family that parents that were addicts. Uh, I didn't grow up away from animals or agriculture. My peer group, my friend group, the culture I grew up in is probably way different. How how do you put yourself out there the right way to connect and, and successfully provide that opportunity?
2: Well, I think as someone for me, it was showing up and not giving up and taking the opportunity. And that's where I'm at now in life is with my real estate and my auctioneering. I mean, I I never thought I'd be an auctioneer. Now I'm getting on a stage and I'm bid calling to wear a whole room, but I take every opportunity I can get because my experience with the one opportunity I took at a pig farm led me down a different path. So as a farmer bringing in people like me, it's more of just understanding that it doesn't, you don't have to come from a farm or a family farm to work hard. and and being open-minded to people that don't come from that and that's that's the main thing because like i'm married to a farmer now who is a generational farmer and it's kind of funny because sometimes he tries to take credit like he'll be like oh how long has she gone well i've tried to show her and i'm like no 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 i've gotten where (laughs) i'm at in farming way before i ever met you so it's just it's just ironic you know how that works out but i think reaching those individuals is just as farmers just because they've never been around a pig doesn't mean that and dealing with all the ups and downs for the next year i'm not going to say it's easy on the farmer and too i mean you got to educate them but sometimes it's better that way sometimes to let farmers know, I mean, you can train them how you want, train them. You can learn. It's not bringing somebody in with five years of pig experience and then they do things completely opposite from you and you have to retrain their mind to do things the way you want them. I mean, sometimes there's a benefit to bringing in people like me to reach people like me. I mean, in my situation, it was just the way my cards fell with meeting work and ending up where I ended up. I think tapping into schools and whether that's a flyer or somewhere, I mean social media, I know some farmers don't, but it's such a big thing out there of, hey, would you want to come do a tour of the, you know, tour of this farm or this barn and see if see if this is something that you'd be interested in. And it's just I think there's huge opportunity to find people to work just with my experience of how much response I get when I go speak to the schools of at, well how do you what
1: age? That at what age is 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 13, 14, 15 the right ages are thinking about their first part-time job? Is it 16, 17, 18 as they're thinking about college or or go finding a full-time job or is it as a young kid?
2: Yeah, I would say I I would say for the most part the better would be the high school kids. And and that and that's just mainly because of a lot of times now unfortunately with the way the world is is if it's too much of a liability if you bring in those younger kids you know for the farmers and so they don't they don't give them as much ability to do things that you would give a 16 year old or a 17 year old or or an 18 year old but i think planting that seed at 13 year olds age of oh hey i can go work at so and so's pig farm when i turn 16 and get some experience it gives, you know, if that person's still interested, then they're, you know, they they really wanna do it. You know, I think a lot of the feedback I get are mainly junior seniors of, you know, hey, how'd you do that? And when I worked at OSU, it's really, it's really the same thing. Um, We needed workers at the barn. And the reality of it is, is a lot of those students coming through didn't have any kind of ag background. And I would say, hey, that's okay. Neither did I. And look, I'm here now, like, you can come. And I actually had a lot of students that came and was like, well, yeah, I'd like to give it a try. And sometimes once they give it a try, I never seen them after that. <laughs> another, <laughs> but, another they student,
1: but they tried, but they tried. They
2: tried. Yep. And it's so important, too, for the pig industry and the food industry, because and that's what I explain When I went to these Weed to Finish signs, like people don't build barns to, to not give a crap about an animal. And that's what I explained to people like the farmers care. I mean, without the farmers, the pigs aren't being fed. The pigs have to be fed in order to produce a good product. So those farmers care about those animals. And I think that's the number one thing that I loved most about it was seeing all these people put so much effort into where your food comes from. I mean, it's it's amazing. And there's so many people that have no clue that world even exists. I mean, they just don't.
1: So as we wrap up here, one of the questions I typically ask is a golden nugget, a bit of wisdom that you've picked up in your life that you'd like to share with listeners. What's a golden nugget that you'd like to share?
2: I know I've already said it, but take the opportunity. I mean, that is my golden nugget because it can change your whole direction of your life. And whether that is you as a farmer that's taken an opportunity on somebody that's never worked in ag before, or that's somebody that's never worked in ag that goes to work in ag or any opportunity, even if it's not involved with agriculture, but I mean, that's better, but it's <laughs> it can change your whole path. And and I'm proof of that. Like if I never went and worked at that south farm, I don't know where I would be today. Thanks well, Steve. It's thank,
1: fine. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> yeah, and if you guys see Steve, it sounded like uh, I heard this through the grapevine. and and if I'm wrong, I'll, I'll let Steve give me a hard time. But it sounded like Steve's wife had the opportunity to go and eat Christmas dinner at the White House.
2: I seen that. I seen that. Yes, that, that's nuts. <laughs> <It's>
1: <laughs> like, that's nuts. not even a once in a lifetime opportunity. That's like a once in like multiple lifetimes opportunity that <laughs> she
2: took, but she took it.
1: She took it. She, she took, took it, the opportunity.
2: <laughs> That's
1: what, and no matter how weird or uncomfortable or cool that was, like she took it and that that is something that that is just amazing. But yeah, thank you, Steve, for being a part of this as well. <laughs> oh, Gracie, I really appreciate you taking the time and I hope that you continue to find success in your career and in your life and really grateful you were on the podcast.
2: Thanks, you too.